2: All right. What's up, Middlecoff? What's up, world? Don't forget, subscribe to our channel. We appreciate that. Hit that like button. Half of you are not subscribed. That's what the analytics tell us, and uh, John's a big analytics guy. So uh, (laughs) hit that subscribe button.
3: Love those numbers, baby. Also, podcast below in the description. Make sure you subscribe to that as well. All right. We'll get to uh, some of your takes. But, uh, John, let's start
2: with a question that's been flying around I read uh, uh, Matt Barrows in the Athletic wrote about this today, and I popped over to our um, mailbag, and I saw a question in there about this. So you can uh, subscribe, get in the mailbag by uh, going to Apple Podcast and leaving us a review. This is uh, says, but uh, this is this is a this is a, f- a fucking novel. Uh, but uh, here I'll the highlighted parts. Here's the question: Am I crazy to see parallels between the Niners picking Trey Lance third? and the Warriors taking James Wiseman second overall. If and when, if slash when, Trey Lance is dealt, it should not come as a surprise. After all, it increasingly seems like reports about the team's initial interest in Mac Jones were true. Trey has yet to win the starting position, and the Niners don't seem to believe that a mobile quarterback is necessary to elevate their offense. This is a, actually a little astute point that I didn't highlight here. This reviewer points out that other teams with who are all in on a more mobile quarterback Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. At some point, Lamar Jackson and Ravens. Get a backup quarterback like that quarterback. That's not what the Niners did with Trey Lance. Then at the bottom, he says, too long, didn't read. This is one of my favorite podcasts. And I'll be here listening when Trey Lance is traded. So uh, this person is uh, writing as if it's inevitable that Trey Lance is eventually traded. John, uh, what do you think?
3: Well, I've thought long and hard about this because I've seen – you know, on the internet, streets guy, this this topic has been popping. Yes, it has been. It, it has been, and I, you know, I, I talked to a uh, a friend yesterday who was making one of his classic drives from pro day to pro day, and we're just banging off topics. And Trey came up, and we talked about the value of Trey Lance. I'm like, who brought him up? Uh, well, I mean, I did. We both kind of did. Just talking about draft picks and failed draft picks, and you know, it's just this time of year is a lot about philosophical beliefs guys that have just succeeded and failed, right? It's why Ron Rivera immediately brings up Purdy when he's relating to Sam Howe. You right. wouldn't bring up like Baker Mayfield, like you bring up what's fresh, what's new, and what's worked if you wanna go positive, and if you wanna go negative, you go with what doesn't work. It's why everyone's been pounding the table, Josh Allen, when comparing these projects. Anthony Richardson is like, Josh Allen meets Cam Newton. You wouldn't go, Josh Richardson, a lot like Trey Lance. People be like, whoa, right? And we talked about what is his trade value. Now, to me, he, well, to me, I was like, I I think you'd be very hard-pressed to get a third-round pick, meaning, you know, that means you're out of the second day of the draft. He said fourth round, you know, and that's basically a flyer. James Wiseman, good example, who, again, statistically, I think has been doing pretty well. I heard Rosillo said, I, you know, he watches more NBA than, like, N- NBA GMs. So he thinks he looks pretty good, given, like, raw talent or whatever on a shitty team. He got traded for nothing. Now his factor was like his salary next year is twelve million dollars, uh Trey's salary luxury
2: tax. And it, it really ballooned their luxury tax payment. I
3: I think the complicated part with trading a first round pick is next year immediately at the end of, you know, the twenty three season you got to pick up a fifth year option, right? So I don't think he's going to get traded this offseason. Like, I think it's a non-starter given that I don't think they get a good enough pick. Like a fourth-round pick to the Niners, given that they have 17 thirds, isn't as important. To me, if they didn't have any threes, I do think you would have to just entertain some options. But they have those threes, they're going to be able to get some cheap players. I do think in season, though, things are on the table, right? A lot like James Wiseman, they weren't going to give up on him early. Uh, But when they gave up on him, his value was even lower. Like, if Trey's value goes up, that means he's valuable to the 49ers. I I think they're looking at this, this is either going to be a sunk cost, which they've already feels like they've pivoted down that street, or he finally hits and we benefit from that, which we've already paid for it. So I, I think if he were to get traded, it would be in season, kind of like, you know, let him go to an opportunity of a shitty team or a team that just wanted to take a flyer on him, meaning that the Darnold-Purdy situation they felt pretty good with. Like, they had two quarterbacks, which you could argue is risky, but uh, I I think that that would be the time he's traded, would be in season. I I don't see any scenario that he's traded before the season starts, unless Purdy comes back fully healthy. They love Sam Darnold, and someone's like, hey, we'll give you a third-round pick for him right now, and they do that, which I, I still believe that it's pretty risky given just the quarterback injuries of their history and of the, the individuals that they have, including yeah. Trey?
2: You're saying, let me make sure I'm hearing you, you're saying even though you don't think he's worth a third, if somebody offered them a third before the season, they might. It sh, they should probably still say no to that, given that that would leave them with just a healthy Sam Darnold as their quarterback.
3: I think I'm getting a little ahead of myself. That That's like talking training camp. I think as of the day, even a third-round pick to the Niners, they say no to. Yeah, and there there is no pick that they're going to get offered his league value that makes it worth it for them to do it today. Like if someone offered him a first today, I think they would do it. Right? Have to. they're not they're not getting offered that person happened. would. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not happening. So to me, it's worth it for them to play it out. But I do think there is a scenario where he's traded in October. There is a scenario, and and that would mean to me his value is worse than it is even today because that would mean he probably got beat out in OTA slash training camp. Purdy came back, and he's like their third quarterback. So they're basically just trading him almost like you you get an opportunity, we'll eat the cost, because they're eating the cost. They've already paid the big salary, right? They just kind of let someone else make the decision. Do you want to pick up the fifth-year option? Do you want to work with this project? Yeah. I think there's
2: an October scenario where, let's say, he beats out Sam Darnold barely, plays a game, looks good, not great, fine, but – Brock Purdy or just beats him out in camp, but then Brock Purdy comes back and Brock is better than Trey and Brock Purdy's the starter. The Niners are, you know, pleasantly impressed with Trey, but also think Sam Darnold's more than adequate to be the backup quarterback. Brock is humming along. Tennessee's quarterback gets hurt. Something Tennessee decides to pivot. Somebody that kind of likes Trey decides to pivot. And in that scenario, he's upped his stock a little, but Brock has returned and still looks better than him. Because I think if Brock if we get to October, Brock looks good, November, Brock looks good. And Brock is no longer just the guy that played seven, eight games, but Brock is now definitely the guy that you're investing in moving forward. Now you start thinking about 2024, where Trey Lance then would be an expensive backup, which this this regime hasn't done it, but the organization has had has done it. It's okay to have an expensive backup. You've got a cheap starter. But then you factor in the fifth year option to it. I guess you could have a scenario where Trey is back the backup quarterback in twenty twenty-four without having picked up his fifth year option. But that's a pretty expensive backup quarterback for you to have on the team if you don't believe in him enough to pick up his fifth year option.
3: I see so, zero I see zero chance that he would be back in twenty four if he's not the starter slash fifth year option getting picked up. Yeah, because he he'd have to impress them enough to for them to think he's
2: worth whatever that. Whatever his what's his contract going to be in your four ten million dollars? Yeah, um, to be the backup quarterback, and that's probably unlikely that you can walk that line of being worth ten million dollars but not worth being the starter. Yeah,
3: I i, I saw, I think he's the best uh, 49er aggregator, uh, that's actually a real human, not like a business. This is uh, gosh. and Breer went on Rich Elf Eisen. That might be the best
2: in Israel, though.
3: Yeah, that's true. But he's you know, he's focused on national. Akash picks up everything 49er-related and yes, just keeps it, it right in my feed. Yeah. Albert Breer went on Rich Eisen. And obviously, you know, I, I was thinking about it today, the NFL is just running circles around every league for multiple reasons. But they have all these points throughout the offseason, combine, everyone talks. Then they just have this arbitrary owner's meetings, but the coaches and GMs also have to attend. They all have to talk. Then there is a a pre-draft press conference that you have to do as either a coach, GM, or a duo. Then after the draft, your coach and GM literally talk every single night. So the amount from early February through the end of April, the amount of information coming of just like, Gudikin says something, Mora says something, boom, Belichick says something, and it just keeps coming. Then OTAs start and your coaches are again obligated to talk as well as players. I mean, the NFL, good business model going right now. But the Trey Lance, I would say, is a top three conversation coming out that you know he's not the starting quarterback, probably behind Lamar and Rodgers. And Breer basically paraphrased through Akash that the 49ers wanted 2022 as Trey Lance's kind of development year, as they were good, right? Were willing to sacrifice, you know, kind of their ceiling for the bigger picture. Clearly, that didn't happen. He got injured. They are not willing to do that in 2023, which they've laid out for us. They haven't said those specific words, but it was clear through their words. And we'll play the best quarterback available. So his window was really those first two years. Jimmy happened to be on the team. He didn't get to start, even though he kind of did for a couple games. And then last year, he got injured. So it's derailed kind of his career because one of the talking points i've seen with the people like they deserve he deserves better than this which is pretty crazy i mean this is one of the best four teams in the league like it's it's an incredible spot to go to we talk so many quarterbacks who have failed often talk about like god it was not an easy situation to be in like it it doesn't get any better
2: right uh, and not that this one is easy it's challenging in its own way but yeah that it has its it's advantages
3: I do think that if he cannot beat out Sam Darnold, however that situation, if it, you know, I do think it'll bleed into training camp and OTAs will probably be a smaller sliver. His time with the 49ers is then on borrowed time, whether it's through the trade deadline, whether it's after the season, but I think it's officially then. It would be unofficially over at that moment. Yeah. Now, he might stay on the team, but... But you he he wouldn't be back in 24. He would not be back in 24. and And I do think... Depending on how health wise you would entertain trying to do right by him, too, right? Just trading him if you could get a fourth round pick at the deadline or something. And I think other teams should be interested just as a trial run, especially teams that sucked and don't have quarterbacks yet, right? Quarterbacks are assets. Yeah. And you can buy low. It's like the stock market. It's like some of these stocks, fucking, you know, Netflix six months ago, it was at like $120. You look up now, it's like 340. Like you get the opportunity. I'm not saying he's going to do that, but you're going to be able to get for cheap. Once upon a time, the Patriots got Randy Moss for a fourth round pick. Again, I'm not saying Trey is that guy, but l- low flyers, especially you don't have to pick up the fifth year option. So then maybe you get a backup quarterback.
2: But I think that would be the argument for acquiring him before this year is over. You would love to acquire him, play him for two months, And then go, you know, yeah, let's pick up the fifth-year option on this guy. I think there's a lot. Wiseman style, right? Wiseman style. There's a much – the more you think about it, if Brock's healthy and playing well, it makes a lot more sense for the acquiring team to acquire Trey this year before the trade deadline than in the offseason, given that he has one year left on his deal. He'll make $10 million in 2024. And then, you know, if he plays, kind of like, like what the Niners did in a different way with Garoppolo, got him, played him, extended him, right, yeah. based on how he played for them. Not the same thing, obviously, but as opposed to doing what, like, the Panthers did with Sam where you acquired him having never played him and then had to decide whether or not to pick up the fifth-year option on him before he'd even played a game
3: for you, right, Darnold? Tampa Bay would be a good example, right? Let's say they're 1-3 or 1-6, Baker may feel pointless for them, right? Won't be back the following year. And they go, well, we still, we're no locked to get the number one or two pick. We might as well. We're just always churning that wheel. If we can get the guy for a conditional fourth, let's just take a flyer on the guy. That to me feels like his destiny. If, if this off season is Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, you know,
2: I said yesterday, we were t- yesterday or Tuesday, I guess. We were, talking, we were talking about tie. Does the tie go to Trey or the tie go to Darnold? And I said Trey and you said Sam. That's where, from the Niners' perspective, the tie would go to Sam because all things being – now, to me, that's a little different. Like week one, if they're tied and Brock's not healthy, I go, let's see what Trey's got. But in the world where you can trade one of them, you, you keep Darnold and you trade Lance in terms of you know being Brock's backup.
3: The, the, to me, the week one, <clears throat> like on the fence – gets back to what I think we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is for an organization that's led by the coach in terms of decision-making when it comes to the team, like on the field, I, I do think the locker room would have some juice on that bad boy. You know, the, their, their core group of, you know, team captains. Trey wasn't one last year. I, I think, you know, if, if they were leaning one way, like if they were indifferent, like, hey, it's been even just. Well, a,
2: t- a time- tie is a tie, right? I'm with you. If it's a, if it's not a tie and the locker room wants one guy, then
3: and I and realistically, there's really no such thing as a tie in a quarterback situation. Like it's kind of it usually plays itself out in my experience of going to these situations. Yeah, part of the tie usually is like,
2: well, he wasn't as good, but we spent a third round pick on him, so that helps with the tie. Or he's exactly. more expensive, so exactly the, the tie, tie is actually rigged. Yeah, the tie is rigged, right? I'm talking I don't, about I, it.
3: I don't think this one's rigged at all. I think they're just going to go into who's better.
2: Oh, I agree, and the reason I agree with you in part is because I think Kyle actually believes that he can make Sam Darnold a good quarterback. So in but his yeah. mind, it's win-win, 100. Which might be foolish, but that's what he believes.
3: Yeah. So I, I don't know, think but, it's fool. I don't think it's foolish in the sense of like what they paid to get him. Right? They didn't invest that much in him. It's kind of your classic.
2: He's you young. Know. They liked him previously. He's yeah. been in a bad situation. He's been in bad situations. The irony is he was in such bad. He was, he played for Gase and he played for rule. As you said the other day, he played for two coaches who will not be head coaches again. And then if the Niners were to trade Trey Lance, let's say in October, the acquiring story, the, whoever acquires in the story would be, you know, he was just in a tough spot. It was a tough spot for him, which is true. We've talked about it. Um, so does that mean the ideal situation for a quarterback is bad team, good quarterback, good coach?
3: Yeah. I mean, I just think usually in the NFL, good team, bad team, the creams just historically rose. There there have been outlier instances like a Rich Gannon. I think Jim Plunkett was late in his career, had success. Remember, like he won with the Raiders yeah. later. Steve Young
2: was good before the Niners got him.
3: Was he the number one overall pick?
2: Yeah. But, uh, he was number one, and then he got traded because the Bucks had the number one. I think they had the number one pick again. And took Vinnie Testaverdi from yeah. Miami. So
3: Miami? Uh, uh, yeah. was Miami? uh I think they both were. Okay. The, the, the days of just that 6'4 guy that can't really move, just those used to be all the names in our youth. Now they're just they don't exist. Like Anthony Richardson's doing backflips down the down the sideline.
2: I know. You know though, it, like that's the way we talk about it in the draft, and then the season starts and it's like, all right, who can win from the pocket?
3: Well, you still have to win with the pocket, but you have to be mobile.
2: Yes. Part of just... So which one's more important? Like, Rosen didn't fail because he wasn't mobile. He failed because he couldn't win within the pocket.
3: I I think in 2023, and this is what they were going for with Trey Lance, you have to be able to do both. Tom Brady was really the last of a dying breed because there just aren't like Steve Hutchinson's and Larry Allen's and even like Jason Kelsey. The the offensive linemen I've heard in this draft are fucking terrible. Yet the D linemen, like... There are just a ton of pass rushers, See, so you're just I don't, constantly running around. I don't agree because if you took a
2: quarterback and gave him the reverse of Jared Goff's skills, so made him as good a runner as Goff is a passer from the pocket, and you made her as you made him as good a passer from the pocket as Goff is a runner, that quarterback would be a disaster. That level of ru- of thrower would be awful. There's, that guy doesn't play. But Goff has maximized his talent, yes. and he is like average. Well, I'm just saying, but he can he can play. Like, if you are a golf level, what golf is as a runner. If you're that as a thrower, you cannot survive.
3: Agreed. No, I, I'm not diminishing that. Like, you have to be able to play from within the pocket. I, I'm Jared just saying Goff that can. guy is not dead yet because I'm watching Jared Goff. I'm not saying he's dead yet either. I'm oh, just okay. saying, like, where the league keeps trending, yeah. the best players in the league, you have to agree, are all have mobility. I, I right.
2: do agree, and it's partly like I think guys that maybe once upon a time played another position, play quarterback now. I don't know what has led to this,
3: but... Purdy, for example, Purdy would not be as good if he had years or eyes athleticism, correct? Like one of the things that made him a Yeah, if he had golf
2: athleticism, he would not be as good.
3: Uh, good point. Phillip Rivers, right? Kirk Cousins. Like right. one of his success you know the thing that you know allocates like his ability roethlisberger we
2: just keep naming quarterbacks that kyle has either coached or called
3: but the one thing with big ben when he was young he was a badass like he, he could like yeah. he had a little cam newton do him yeah behind the line and i'm right. not talking past the line of scrimmage i'm just talking keeping plays alive remember like rivers last couple of years like this guy cannot move yeah <laughs> he's like kyle i'm in <laughs>
2: Let's just do a quick. What, what's your uh, Philip Rivers last year in the NFL stat guess? Touchdowns, what? interceptions.
3: It, it actually wasn't that. I think he threw some picks, but he threw twenty nine touchdowns, twenty four and 68 percent. They, I think they had a good. Because last game. year with the
2: Chargers, he threw twenty picks. Twenty. He's,
3: he's he throws a lot of interceptions. But, but remember, when let's he, not when he, act like when he cried, right? Yeah. Remember at the last charger press conference was like give it everything i had yeah so he and try to justify his picks like i never cared about stats it's like rivers <laughs> philip we know we watched you play <laughs> you made a lot I, I can't i mean how many interceptions like do you vividly remember sitting on your couch at four o'clock at, in pacific it, <laughs> yeah, f- f- yeah four 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 fifteen pacific average nine interceptions a year in that time window in that
2: window uh, Brennan says, let's not act like Purdy's that much more athletic than Goff. I think he is more athletic than Goff.
3: What are you talking about? It's significantly,
2: fucking... significantly more athletic than Goff. If you watch, we referenced it the other day, Brennan, but uh, Javon Hargrave on NFL Network the other day said, the scouting report before the NFC Championship game, what stood out to the defensive lineman was how mobile Purdy was, how difficult he was to tackle.
3: Yeah, I think as of today... It's not even really close. I'm just pulling up some of their uh, draft measurables. Their 40-time... Jared Goff's 40 out of college wasn't that bad. It's was like 4'8". But the 10-yard split dramatically better. Uh, the shuttle times... Jared Goff's college athletic numbers were not super terrible. Hmm. He's he's gotten m- much slower uh, over time. They, they actually athletically have similar testing numbers interesting well but remember it wasn't one of purdy's things his 10 yard split similar to christian McCaffrey? yeah jared does not play sorry that's a, i bet that's if you he he just cop. took jared goff like when he was coming out of cal or those first couple years with the rams on a basketball court a lot like nick Foles when he was young athletically you just put him in a ymca he'd be the best athlete there Yet, as they've aged, their their foot quickness feels like co- in concrete. Hmm, so I'm right. No, you're not right. <laughs> no, well, he's dramatically better athlete on the field. But when they tested, they were similar. right? They're, I think the example is like, Devontae ran slow out of college. Remember, part of the thing was like, you know, he's like almost a 4'6 guy. How's he going to get open? Like, speed. No one's like, Devontae's slow. (laughs) Like, sometimes you test much for whatever reason. You put the pads on, as Belichick says. We're not playing football at the combine. We're playing football on the football field and then pads.
2: Is this the 10-yard split, 95th percentile versus 52nd percentile? Is that what it was? I,
3: I, I do think that Jared Goff... In fairness to him, underrated athlete coming out of college.
2: But I, but see, John, I remember watching him play the 49ers. He could not – he was a,
3: a sitting duck. He doesn't play athletically. Like, his athleticism doesn't shine. Uh, well, it doesn't translate to the pocket. <laughs> which is or where just to, to his game. It's like where you work. You but know? I mean, even just like to as a runner, right? You remember – I remember going down a rabbit hole one night. I, I might have been intoxicated. Peyton Manning's Tennessee Highlights. Oh. And even I've seen interviews over the years and it kind of makes sense. Like yeah. he makes fun of like, I used to actually be a pretty good athlete. You watch him at Tennessee. You're like, this guy could fucking move. He wasn't just some stiff in the pocket. Like he he was mobile. Some of his great plays were scrambling around. Maybe you just lose it immediately. I, I don't know.
2: Let's see how Brock comes back from an off season surgery. I know it's not a leg surgery. It's not from the waist. Down. Let's just see. he got hit in the pocket, traumatized, physically traumatizing injury. Let's see if there's any mental after effects of that injury.
3: There's also, you know, does Jared Goff have more like uh, more baseball athleticism? Like Tom Brady drafted in baseball, like yeah. for baseball, he was a good athlete. He's tall,
2: for... more moving parts. Maybe it's just a little. Harder. Wouldn't you say
3: he's probably the most made fun of great athlete ever in terms Tom, of his athleticism? Tom,
2: Tom and Peyton, honestly, feels like Peyton's up there too. <laughs> Tom's draft photo is what contributes. Yeah.
3: I mean, Peyton sure gets boxers? Peyton. I think gets the benefit of the doubt because he was like, "Oh, he was still the number one overall pick." It's like, yeah. look at this scrub athlete who ran a five yeah. zero. Tom's even said in interviews, "I could not start at any other position for a good high school team." So it's not like I mean, he's he's not acting like he's a better athlete than he is. Yeah, even though Which we consider I don't know if him I one of the that. greatest athletes of all time.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I believe that. What position would he play? Well, it'd have to be probably receiver, right?
3: But he's too slow. How would he get open? In high school, he's tall. But you're just so you're just throwing like fade routes. Yeah, <laughs> I it's some kid
2: who's like thinking about geometry. Like you know,
3: what if Tom's like Anish I actually don't, I don't have great hands.
2: Yeah, I don't know.
3: He's probably got good hand eye.
2: Uh, here we had another comment that I was going to back it up with too bad. it would probably get traded now. So people are ready for it. That was Kurt on the YouTube. Uh, let me see here. I'm not going to go to that one yet. It's um, John B says uh, Kyle knows Purdy won't be ready week one and preparing a QB battle between Trey and Sam Lynch. On the other hand is playing God and acting like he knows for a fact Purdy will be back and ready for week one. Thankfully, Kyle is ultimately the one who decides Lance will have to play his ass off though through the off season and preseason to retake the starting role. And I think he will. So, uh, you know, we can address some of the specifics here, but I think one thing John B hit on here uh, in the comments is that it does feel like to some people there is uh, a difference of where Kyle is and where John is. Are they not on the same page? Uh, or are they both just – or does nobody knows anything, and they're just – you know, as you're trying to find a way to say something, you don't say exactly the same thing.
3: I actually just think their responses represent what John said at his press conference. Like, Kyle gives me a lot of shit for being overly optimistic, basically essentially saying Kyle can be overly negative – one guy just skews like on the pendulum of positivity and negativity. If you had to put like, where does Belichick rank? You know, he, he skews like where Kyle is. I would say John relative to the NFL, probably one of the more optimistic people, head coach GM in the NFL. You you could argue. He might be the most. Just doesn't need it. You, doesn't need it. When you hear him talk, you think that's why he just doesn't need it. No, I, I think it's kind of his personality. I mean, I would say as a player through as a broadcaster, just one of those universal guys that was like, John Lynch, man, great fucking guy. You know, what a dude. Like, just, I'm trying to think of guys in other sports. None come to mind immediately, but like, it feels like Sean McVay. Like when you hear him talk, like what a bundle of joy. And then you see like his actions, like can't stand this player, cut this guy, trade this guy. Like Sean Steve McVay's, Clark. I would just put Steve up there, but I, I've seen Steve be kind of crazy. I I mean, the Steve's job of the coach closer, is a little more. Steve's probably closer to the middle.
2: When I think about Steve as like an analyst, I think it was more lynch right? Yeah. Than like a Van Gundy or whatever, some other former players. Yeah. Uh,
3: he would be closer to the
2: Steve model for sure. Trying to think of a baseball guy since you mentioned baseball, not Boch.
3: Very sneaky negative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not Boch. Um, Feels like everybody. I, I've never met him. I don't know if you've ever talked to him, but like all the people that worked with Aaron Boone when he left playing at ESPN, they love. Yeah, the guy. I,
2: that's a good one. I have met like Bo.
3: I mean, I, I've heard. I know Coward. These people that know him. Just people I don't even know that I just follow about baseball stuff. You ever hear them talk? They fucking love Aaron Boone. Uh, I think again. Another John not
2: introduced me to Boone one time, like on just like pregame, and he was very cool. Like the kind of guy that is very cool to you. Like I had somebody the other day tell me that a mutual person introduced them to Stan Van Gundy. (laughs) He like looked at him and just like looked away and started to continue talking to the person he was talking to.
3: Stan's an elitist Uh, douche. I uh, I remember a story a scouting buddy told me within the last couple years at a pro day, he's like, bro, I met John Lynch at the pro day. What a fucking badass. Like just loved him, just started talking to him. Was very, very nice. I've heard similar things about Mike Tomlin. Like if you just meet him, he's just very cool to you. Thomas Dimitrov, I I had a similar situation when I was a scout, met Thomas Dimitrov, couldn't have been any nicer. Actually twice. He didn't know me, just very, the Stan Van Gundy types, they try to like portray this, but then you meet him when the camera's not on, they just like, won't give you the time of day. And then you meet a guy like Mike Tomlin, just start talking to you. If you start talking to him, doesn't act like he's any better than you. I'd be interested in McVay, what he'd be like, feels like he'd skew Tomlin. Might just yeah, bullshit think so. I think so.
2: One time I was doing a basketball game with PJ Carlissimo, and he introduced me to Bill Rafferty. Because Bill was there for national for the that day. Like there was a we were doing a game and there was a national TV game. And uh and he introduced Bill as he said, Hey guy, have you ever met shithead? And that's <laughs> and Bill Rafferty just started dying laughing, and you know, they just started talking shit to each other. It was yeah. An incredible way to meet a person. Have you ever met Shithead? But Shithead is one of the most famous people on TV, sports television. Was a good one. (laughs) Not a Shithead or this Shithead, just Shithead. Yeah. Was he cool? He was so cool. He was exactly what you think. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Next up, John. Uh, Oh, here we go. This is from another John. This is John Wynn. People named John, maybe named after you two top three QBs and pick 262 sensation. I might be batshit crazy, but I'm excited about the Niners quarterbacks.
3: (laughs) I agree. (laughs) You know, you got two guys competing who, oops, you know, it's just your two backups were now. This is the way the NFL works. Like if you just start looking around, a lot of backup quarterbacks can skew be former high picks. It's the, it's the way it happens. Right, I mean, Goff was trending that way till he resurrected his career. Carson became that. It, it happens f- fast. But, like, both these guys are still young. I, I, like that, I would be pretty, and I think it's why Kyle's bullish on Sam and also bullish on Trey about the guy. Uh, I think the scary thing is, and I don't know, you know, they've talked about how he's kind of come back, like he's almost cleared now is even if we come to the grips with, you know, he's never going to be as mobile as I think people had hoped, if he could work on the throwing, not just the mechanics, but just become a more fluid thrower, just become more comfortable at the NFL speed, he hasn't really been able to do that. Yeah. So it's like, that's why you said like, let's see how Purdy comes back from this injury. You know, I feel pretty good about his, as long as he's healthy, like his natural throwing ability, as long as he can keep his legs like, if you told me it shattered an ankle, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of concerning. Again, it's obviously concerning ripping your elbow, but if you just tell me the elbow ultimately comes back to 100%, I don't think he's going to forget how to throw.
2: No, I'm not worried about him physically. I'm just interested to see, does he have the yip? You know, is he, not the yips, but like, is he is he antsy in the pocket? Is he, you know, that type of thing, just the mental aspect. Would
3: you say the Niners, fully healthy? Not the best, obviously. Not the highest paid. The most unique I mean, they have two third two third overall picks within a two year span, and then the greatest Mister Relevant that will ever play. I mean, nothing like it. There just isn't nothing there just like isn't a group it. like it.
2: Yeah, but the problem is this isn't Kyle Shanahan's running back room. It's you. We need a quarterback.
3: But this is how a lot of position rooms look. Right? Yes, like a former high pick who sucks yeah. at other positions, but at yeah. other positions, at other positions, yeah. <laughs>
2: at positions where multiple guys get to play butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions last night i was thinking about ordering out and then i reached into the freezer grabbed some ground beef and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night with butcher box you don't have to worry about what's for dinner butcher box is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials you get peace of mind with butcher box because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff. curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March, go to Manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin-safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling. Every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts Boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code HAM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code HAM. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot Nerd Wallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs, planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year, and saving on travel, vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future
4: you will thank you. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry? and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run, well, that's where you use game time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event, concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sight line on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H A M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the Game Time app now
2: Uh, This from uh, Apple podcast review. Thank you. Five stars. Leave a question. Helps the podcast from rude boy. Rudy. One critique is you guys uh, best Niner show and objective opinions. But one critique is you guys have the worst adjective for injuries. Not every injury is a shattered leg or a shattered ankle to shatter. Literally means the bone burst into a million pieces. Lance's ankle is dislocated far different than shattering a bone. As someone who's torn both ACLs. Jesus. Proper injury description is important for athletes. Get better with the injuries.
3: Wasn't it a compound fracture? uh, Let's check the tape. I thought the bone was sticking out, if I remember correctly. And I do think if we're going to go compound fracture, we're not doctors. I think shatter, it's okay to use shatter.
2: Especially after... remember fibula, ligament dislocation in the ankle. So we did have a break.
3: Yeah, I mean, shatter would... I guess if Tiger Woods falls under the – his ankle exploded in the uh, car crash, I think Shatter's okay.
2: You know, Shatter pulls in the hopes and dreams that also were broken in that moment.
3: Yeah. I I just think simple bone break doesn't do that play justice that everyone was watching was like – it it was – if you've – the Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch era, that's probably one of the more jolting just – moments right when it one the when what? he went the down com- you mean the, that I'm just game? saying I'm just saying of their era that individual play is one of the more jolting negative feelings you have like when he's down you expect him to get back up then he doesn't get up and they go over to him and once you realize what it is you, you immediately goes that was a crazy Kyle Shanahan John Lynch era moment correct <laughs> yeah so it deserves I, I don't i guess i'm defending myself describing it with like a powerful the word
1: shattered
2: yes yeah i understand you you are not in the emergency room trying to instruct the surgeon how to repair it no you're saying the moment you're adding a little dramatics to the moment yeah i'm adding so a if little the same d- injury happens in an off-season workout that nobody sees it's just a dislocated ligament and a or whatever uh broken fibula
3: yeah like, remember when Crabtree had an Achilles injury in training or in uh, OTAs? You just say that. If, like, someone rips their Achilles mm-hmm. e- in week seven against the Philadelphia Eagles and it's one of the top six players, I think we would describe it a little bit differently. <laughs> uh, next up, John, I'm telling you, man, this is crazy.
2: Another John, John Shoop, name of the day. Trey Lance takes it to excre- extreme, says John. Some are saying he never got a chance and the coaches screwed him. Others are saying he sucks because he can't play when the Niners wanted to play him and their coaches know football. One, Trey was given a chance but keep getting injured. Finger, knee, ankle. Two, those injuries also probably mean the coaches don't know what they have and they clearly have whiffed repeatedly in their QB evals, even with Brock. Basically, what we know is this team doesn't know what they have, but more importantly, they don't appear to want to develop a guy while playing him. Uh you know what it makes me think is is not to always go back to the draft with Trey, but, you know, I'd love to know from Kyle Shanahan today, Kyle, was he more work than you thought he was going to be, right? Did you anticipate – did your scouts say, hey, this is the mold, this is the clay, this is what we need. But Kyle went, okay, fine, and then got in under the hood and realized it was much more work than he anticipated.
3: I think in the quarterback draft, when you look back to the two thousand twenty college football season, it's one of the great unknowns for some of those younger players. Yeah. That were not viewed. I mean, Fields was Fields had, you know, multiple years of tape. He was just a polarizing prospect. Still is. I would say Trey and Zach Wilson, who went two and three, uh were just you know, it was unique circumstances. Now, that doesn't mean like this year, four guys are going to go in the top six. And like you always say, just look at the history. More likely, three out of the four of them are going to turn to be backups within four or five years. Like, that's just the way the football works. So whenever I think like, you know, that 20 weird season fucked everything up. Well, it actually might not. Have, we've seen years since. Same shit happens every single season. So, yeah, I don't
2: uh, know. Zach Wilson might have gone fourth
3: in another year. Or even if he goes, like, 15th. It doesn't mean he's... It might have just still ended up with him sitting where he's sitting, right? Not very good. If you, you like, can't... There's two parts to quarterback play, right? The person, which is very important. Leadership, knowledge, understanding the offense, being the teammate, all that crap. And then there's just, like, fundamental aspects of your game. Zach Wilson, like, can't complete a wheel route. A slant, like, the basic football stuff. Where Trey feels like he's at the next level of nuance which for a team who has Super Bowl aspirations and definitely at minimum 11 12 wins a season like that's just the mandate it's hard like to kind of work your way through it and as Breer said they were cool with kind of working through it he was going to get a longer leash last year right he was going to get a long leash at minimum I'd say six seven games before Jimmy came out of the pen Maybe less if it got ugly, but they were going to get to see it. Th- those days, he still might need that, like, like develop through it, and maybe he could f- pass the threshold of like, okay, now he's serviceable in these areas, and he can be compete to be a top 14 quarterback, which in this league is pretty damn good, right? Your yeah. cousin's Dak. Those guys get extended and paid a lot of money. Yeah. If he needs work to get through that threshold, I, I think this goes back to his time with the Niners is done. If somehow this offseason, he's just at that spot where it's like, you know, you can win with this guy, I think he's in pretty good shape. It's just unknown, right? I think he's a true, true unknown that they're not willing, like they've admitted now, they're not willing to like go too far into the wilderness with it
2: anymore. If he had not been, if, if he and Brock Purdy were both undrafted free agents, I think Brock would have been ahead of him on the depth chart to start last season. Mm-hmm.
3: You're saying if he was an undrafted free agent or, you know, let's just say a late, let's use sixth. round say they were pick.
2: both seventh, yeah, sixth rounders.
3: From yeah. the previous year and impressed them and became the backup and then he was competing to be the number one. And you're saying Brock then was a seventh round pick and came in last year. You think Brock beats him out, you're saying, based on the camp? And, or at least my starts po- My
2: point being Brock didn't have to actually get into a game to make them feel like they had something. We know that because they spent money on Nate Sudfeld and replaced Nate. Now the stakes are lower with the third string quarterback. But, yeah, I think even before he played, if the stakes were the same in terms of where they were drafted, I think Brock would have been
3: ahead of him by the time they got to week one based on the, the offseason. Do, you know do you know what I find funny? is like the people, and this gets back to the internet and people that defend Trey. It's like, guys, the evidence now, let's just use the two guys in charge. One guy is a Hall of Fame defensive player. Who played against all the best quarterbacks and good quarterbacks and every type quarterback and one another is the offensive play caller slash head coach, who now has six playoff victories under his belt over the last four seasons. Those guys are telling you, so it's like, well, this is un like ha, haven't they built up enough equity now to be like, yeah, they they know something because I, I, that's what I struggle with the guys that are like putting their flag in the ground. This guy's really good. Like, how are you? What are you basing that off of? Not a sixty percent passer and his in his time with one of the best teams. And then the two guys in charge whose resumes, Kyle's resume shorter, right? he's only six years as head coach, but in the last four years, six playoff victories, multiple division titles, and John Lynch, even if you question like what's he, you know, his role as a GM, like if Kyle, as a player, super, super high level. Even if you wanted to argue like, is he really Hall of Fame? He was a fucking stud on one of the best defenses ever, saw all these players, at the time Favre was in his division, played against Young, played against Aikman, knows exactly what it looks like. You and I go to these practices, he sits from the big picture view back where safety sit, just farther back now, right? That's But he's comfortable, that's how he sees the game. These guys are telling you that. Like, they're telling you that. Not, you can be like, middle coffee, you don't know what you're talking about, Haverman or you hate her, this guy, that guy. Okay, Th- that's your, pro- but those guys, you're just saying that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are fucking nuts on this one. That's what you're saying. I I think I think, I,
2: I think that people who are saying that are saying using two ingredients. One, we haven't seen enough yet to discount him. is the main ingredient.
3: No one's discounting him in the No, no I like, am just saying if somebody,
2: I I think if somebody says I think I still think he's promising. It's two ingredients. One is we haven't seen enough yet and the second ingredient is hope. But I I would understand if someone's like, yeah, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have not earned that I should just blindly believe that they're right about what they see in a quarterback.
3: I mean, well, I mean, Jimmy turned out to be a starting quarterback in a lot of wins and Brock Purdy, seventh-round pick, fucking turned out to be okay. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, Brock Pur- they drafted Brock Purdy in the, at the last pick of the seventh round, so they 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 rolled the dice a couple of times that somebody else was going to draft him.
3: It's good market value.
2: Well, they nailed it and they got a little I said the other day they got lucky and someone was like they didn't get lucky brock blah 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 and niners this and this they didn't get lucky that he was that once they got him they worked with him and it worked they got lucky that they didn't draft him earlier and he didn't get drafted by somebody else that's luck
3: my my problem when you use the word hope yeah i understand when if you're the panthers you're the bears you know when i was doing the raiders post game like you had to you know hold on to that that's all you had right you're just team sucks always drafting high hope is you might as well be the the franchise motto there's no fucking hope with this team this team's fucking kicking the shit out of people this this is a fucking machine i mean, what are we talking about hope and I, I, you're right i mean I, I i do agree like that's but how could, hope what, what the fuck are we hoping for this team's fucking showing up week one planning on beating the fuck out of whoever they're playing hope and they've proven they can do it with everybody so, like, this guy's either good enough or he's not. And again, all for hope if I'm the Texans and I see a little bit out of uh, who was the Stanford quarterback? Davis, Davis Mills. Mills. Like, if he has some moments like that, I understand clinging to that if you're not winning games. This, you, if you're watching this, listening to this, you watch 49ers, hope. I mean, they're, they're curb stopping teams. What are we talking about? This ain't about hope. This is about Trying to get over the hump and win those last couple playoff games.
2: Yeah, but the problem is, it's not they don't really have solidified other options, right? We think Brock will be that. He showed that he sh- he could be that, but you know, you're not exactly dealing with full glasses across the board here. Everything's got a, everything's a little off. Brock looked good, but he's hurt and he didn't play that much. Sam Darnold's been on three teams now. So you know you kind of these recipes are all missing an ingredient.
3: Well listen, I, I can nitpick on individual games an individual play call by Kyle or like a a decision on a fourth down to punt or whatever I, I do think he he's now earned the right th- three playoffs, four years averaging two playoff victories in all in all three of those seasons <laughs> you know like I I, I, I do oh, think like, I feel I, pretty good about like he can make who his couple quarterbacks are returning Purdy, Darnold, if it's Trey, like he's kind of proven it. Now we can nitpick him like, can he win the big one? Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. But, like, can he win me 12, 13 games and kick the shit out of Mike McCarthy in the second round? Pound Pete Carroll in a in a big game? Like I, I think he's earned that right. 100%.
2: But we've, we've established that he can do that. You and I agree on that. Not everybody agrees on that, but, but, but I, you and I agree on that.
3: But I think the word hope when it comes to sports fans, right like you you have a child like you hope he's really successful and finds love and like hope is a powerful feeling but i think as sports fans like if you're a yankee fan you you're not hoping to be good like you're just it's like we better fucking lock this down so when the ALCS comes we don't get rolled by the astros like there's the niners aren't in the hope business now they're in the win the super bowl business
4: uh
2: i don't I think hope part of their vernacular
3: besides no, but Purdy's it's elbow.
2: just they just they you hope not to get hurt <laughs> yeah Th- but they're fair. in this position not because they are hoping so much about Trey. They're in this position because they, they have no other option but to be in
3: this position. Like if you're a San Francisco Giants fan, you just like hope we're competitive. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, but, but I have a hard time with what you're good saying about the, the team. I,
2: yeah, what you're saying about the team, I agree with. I understand a fan saying when there is so much hype that leads up to a prospect getting drafted and then being developed and all of that, that a fan does. I'm not. Should I throw that all away based on a game and a half that I've seen? Now, I'm not in the meetings with the coaches. I'm not at all the practices with the players. I'm not in the locker room with all of them.
3: I just find it easier to pivot when 10, what they win this year, 13, 23 wins and four playoff victories the last two years. Like, usually when you do that, your franchise is set back because you've drafted, you know, the wrong guy, right? You have taken. Player X, who's not your quarterback, you've sucked those couple years. Like we're nowhere farther from where we were a couple years. That that's not the case here, right? When they made that trade, they were drafting twelve. They were coming off the bad year, and I would say it's been Trey's career is one of the most unique things we've ever seen through like two years. Clearly, even based on his backstory, based on where he's drafted, based on the trade, but then the two years that came the moment he was picked have been pretty incredible. Right? I mean, yeah. the two NFC championship games sucked, but beside the Eagles, Chiefs, you know, the Packers who have been wildly successful would gladly trade those couple years given their last two years, right? They didn't even make the playoffs last year. So it just shows you like they are, they're in the upper echelon right now. I mean, their quarterback situation, I would say it was somewhat unfigured out long-term, but like if you told me Sam Darnold's their starting quarterback for 17 games, even if he's not quite as good as he was the last six games, but he's not as bad, like, they're winning double-digit games. I feel very confident saying that.
2: But I, but I think it's fair to say that either the Niners screwed up the evaluation or the Niners screwed up understanding their own situation with Trey Lance.
3: Well, I think they knew the situation last year. They were uneasy. But I mean, when they drafted
2: the... him. Like, they either made, yeah, a they mistake... made a mistake.
3: They made a mistake. So, so,
2: like, then it's fair to say they don't get blind confidence that this time they're getting it right.
3: But you make mistakes in the draft, right?
2: Yeah, but they did it with one of the biggest they did it in a in a two in a three for one first round pick trade, right? Yeah, I so think they did fair. it on a different level than
3: I think philosophically, right, if we just took a step back and got the top ten living general managers in a room who were, you know alive, whether it's Polians of the world, Ozzie Newsom's to the guys working right now just trading a lot of draft assets to move up and get to a spot that's where you don't control the draft a good idea like if you if you just take that overwhelming it's a flawed premise yeah to attack that way it's just very risky cuz your options are immediately limited right i i think they yeah philosophically you're, you paint I, I like yourself them into it
2: you're painting yourself into a corner
3: yeah philosophically, I think everyone has to be on board with like, God, they took a huge swing. Cool with it. But when you really look at the swing, they took, it was like kind of a flawed, the, the mechanism behind it, given that where they were going to end up was pretty crazy. Now, maybe it, they would say, well, even if we had got to two, knowing that Trevor Lawrence is basically we're drafting at one. Cause we know the guys, you know, off the board at one, no matter what we still would have taken Trey Lance at two, which I think is probably the case. Uh, who knows? Maybe they would have taken Zach Wilson, but it's pretty crazy. We, we've seen it happen twice now in both – well, we'll see how Trey plays out. But with Sam, and they traded from six to three, not on draft night. Like If you do that on draft night, completely understand it because you have specific. Like They did it kind of open-minded, then they argued through the players. I, I do think it's fair to say that Kyle was very much smitten with the New England quarterback, right? yeah.
2: So they, if, you, they if, tr- if you told him then, if you sit where you are, you could get Mac Jones, I think he would have done that.
3: Because, for example, the Panthers traded up way before the draft to go to number one. And you might read, and I heard some people say, like, I've heard some buzz that Anthony Richardson, I'm cool with not knowing exactly who you're going to take, go to it all, play it all out, you control the draft. No, we're going to take a quarterback. Let's take the best quarterback in this draft. We don't specifically, like, have our ranking in stone, but we don't give a shit. We'll go up there and we'll figure it out. That like what the Panthers did ultimately is different than what the 49ers did, right? Cuz they can pick whoever they want out of right.
4: the group.
2: Yeah, yeah. So even they you, you still it's still not ideal, right? If you haven't evaluated the position yet, but it's better than the Niners situation. A lot better. Niners weren't just it was like even teams have gone up to draft the second quarterback, right?
3: Because yeah, ultimately, Jets, end Sam Darnold Darn was the second guy off the board that
2: year. That's what that's and that's what happened that year, right?
3: Yeah, I think Chase Young might have been the second guy. Whoever it was, a defensive player. I forget yeah. exactly, but yeah. You could. They just took. I mean, if they could do that over again, right? They would have taken Lamar Jackson.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hell, jo- Josh trade Allen trade back was- to thirty-one and take Lamar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
3: take Josh Allen
2: be- a few years before. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Can't wait to see how it plays out. Anything else to add here?
3: Uh no. I, I think the uh I think this quarterback class actually feels a lot like that 49ers year. The difference in this one is there's not a Trevor Lawrence. Like even as shitty as Trevor's rookie year was, I, I think everyone's gonna throw that away with the He's going to age pretty gracefully, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Right? I mean, he had a pretty legendary four picks in a playoff game and then come back four touchdowns and win the thing. Like, that was a pretty legendary early career moment of just like, God damn, this guy is unfazed. <laughs> a lot of guys would have gone in the tank. Most years when you draft these young quarterbacks, I actually think drafting quarterbacks for the most part, beside the Lux and the Trevor Lawrences, is a lot like NBA prospects. You're just kind of keeping your fingers crossed. You really are injuries, um, talent development. It's just so many unknowns, you know. Like yeah. I, one, congrats on
2: you get three meetings and you get to throw the guy on the whiteboard a few times. That's very different than when you get thrown into the fire during an NFL season.
3: And, and I think the difference is like in in college football. I had a, I talked to a buddy yesterday. He's like, you know, some people I know really like Will Levis, and one thing they do to defend him is like Rich Biscaccia. Am I saying his name? No, that's that's the Raiders. Who's uh, Scangarello? Scangarello. I don't think he's highly thought of in football circles by a lot of people. And they say if Liam Cohen, your Jewish brother, who's actually now back at Kentucky, would have not left the ramps and just been his coach back-to-back years, they're like, I-, I think he would might be the number one overall pick. Because based off the year with Liam, he was really highly thought of. He had all yeah. that Josh uh, uh, Allen momentum kind of uh-huh. coming into his year. And he's like, what if it was just like Rich's kind of stinks? He's been fired by the Eagles. He was fired by Stoops. Kyle kind of shoved him to the side. What if he's just awful? And unlike in basketball, where the most part like the scheme doesn't limit like your athleticism, like you can kind of see things. In football, it's hard, right? Like Will Levis might just be good if he just gets Doug Peterson or Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVeigh. right? He might. Just, but he also just might be bad. Regard, I don't know. There's just so many variables, and back to the trade thing, you can't even make up the amount of variables, right? It's not just like one thing; it's like 15 different things. It's crazy.
2: It is crazy. Uh, by the way, Matt, our buddy Matt from Pink Onion Pizza says, "Is this the opening day pod?" Yeah. Here's a baseball question for you, John. We kind of talked about it today. More likely to be traded by September in year. Th- this is year three. No, this is your four for Joey Bart. Joey Bart or Trey Lance? Joey Bart not starting on opening day for the Giants in place of a journeyman, rule five draft catcher. So that's
3: Is it better. one of those like righty lefty things?
2: I think it's one of those, uh, it's coming to an end things. Yeah. Baseball's hard. Baseball is hard. I mean, playing the big leagues, He's got 11 big league homers, man. that's. Uh, here's a little uh, programming note for everybody on the way out the door. Green Glassville says, "I was cracking up watching Jamarcus Russell highlights and lowlights last night. So, if you are looking for something on YouTube, that sounds like a fun video to watch."
3: I do think it's pretty legendary to have one of the great baseball seasons of all time. Make the Yankees pay you like one hundred and fifty more million than they already wanted to pay you, which was like two hundred and twenty million. Come back in your first AV for the Yankees as team captain and hit a home run to dead away to straightaway center. That's pretty just like if you were in the yard. That the opening, it was worth it right there. Like Judge hits an opening day home run, you're sitting there. Like, even if they had lost the game, that was like it's all worth it.
2: I was watching, it was awesome. <laughs> and then Cole is just just mowing down Giants. I spider, mean, just mowing back them back. down. And then uh Judge struck out in his next couple A B's, but he did what they came to see.
3: Well, I get one for four with a bomb. I mean, I'm good. Yeah.
2: How about Volpe wearing? Uh, he called Brett Gardner to ask him if he could wear 11. New Yankee shortstop. He looks sweet. Yeah, he looks good. Giants He's even Walked in, in his first AB. Look, just, just looks like he belongs, John. Yeah.
3: I see a lot of. Uh, we were talking about this yesterday. It feels like a lot of teams, maybe it's just. I don't even know if all these guys are top prospects. They Every team wants to put out, like, you made the squad video. So it's hard to tell. Like, is this guy the next, like, Derek Jeter or Alex Rodriguez? Obviously, the Cardinals guy is. Like, he's a 20-year-old. But I, I saw a bunch of Volpe. He might be. But, you know, I'm sorry. The Angels. or something. This guy just might be a scrub. They just need to fill the 25th spot, and he's crying for his mom.
2: Which I love that video, too. Like, I, that video, seven years in the minors, is an awesome video. But I'm just so tired of the, like, well, man, this is a tough one. You know, you've done everything right. And, uh, you know, it's days like these that sitting in my chair carries a lot of weight but um we're going to have to take you with us to San Francisco <laughs> oh it's like i just fucking i don't know imagine if every big thing that happened in your life that's how people delivered the news to you you know like uh well your wife um, she gave birth and uh it's not always easy to tell you this but uh ooh this is a tough one Man, baby's all good. Everything's fine. Congratulations. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like,
1: just,
2: it's not your day. Like, you didn't make the big leagues. It's not your information to fuck around with. Just tell the guy who made the big leagues and let him enjoy his lifetime of hard work. This is not your fucking moment for, cause your, 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 your 22 year old social media manager tells you it's going to get 2 million views on the internet. Like, just let the guy enjoy the moment. Stop fucking with people's future. I mean,
3: this isn't ins- so stupid. What is the baseball manager? You know, in football, you're scheming all week, right? In basketball, you're actually not at the office that often. Shoot around, go home, come back for the game. They don't have to do that much. The baseball manager, it does feel like, is at his desk throughout the year. Oh, for a lot. What is he doing? <laughs> what? Like, he's not setting the lineup at a lot of teams. What's he doing,
2: guy? Like Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> baseball managers like doorman. Like he's just gotta be there in case, you know at the of the building. In case a package gets delivered. What time?
3: What time is he showing up? I'm Noon, two? Yeah, one. What We're time
2: there. do you think well, a you guy like Bob like a guy
3: like Bob Melvin? What time do you think on average he's there throughout the year? I'm 11? trying
2: to remember. Like I would for a seven o'clock game, I used to get to the park at like at least by three, two thirty. He'd be there already, I think.
3: Some guys get there like around lunch, work out.
2: Well, you meet with the GM, maybe, you know, some work like that organization. Like you meet with the GM, you set the lineup. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> but you agree, they are at their desk sitting there doing, I don't, you know, going not, through like, la
2: You might be going through like last year's, mi- last night's like minor leagues, like, you know, going through reports on guys. You might be writing, re- you know
3: individual meetings with your own players that are up or down like mentally. yeah
2: i mean that's i don't think it's a big amount of your time you're not out there hitting ground balls or uh early work you're not doing that
3: it'd be really easy to get super fat either as a baseball player definitely as a baseball manager like, you're just, just, just part of the fat
2: oh physically fat yeah physically fat i don't know. these guys hours in the dugout just you know eating a candy bar or something
3: how is a, a player sandwich? do you stay skinny Especially if you're a backup. I mean,
2: just, you're, it's probably a lot of just like natural good Bus- body types. Cause you see it all the time. Like Yeah.
3: I I get like guys. Dudes at
2: 30 know. and they're not they're not skinny anymore.
3: No. <laughs> you know.
2: See, cause you're right, you're not burning seven hundred calories in baseball game, probably.
3: I feel like Bochi got to the yard at like ten AM. Yeah. He's there all day. Like live there. I, I mean, it's three. a great
2: place to just, <laughs> yeah, stuff happens, and before you know it, the game starts. You know,
3: yeah, or you start hearing that ball, and you're like, you just walk out to BP.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, you just sit there. Just
3: he's back. I mean, he's
2: I know he's co- coaching the Rangers. Are they playing right now?
3: Degrom pitching? Or is he already injured?
2: Uh, I thought he was already hurt. Let's check in on the Rangers. What do we got here? Rangers are trailing. Verlander got hurt today.
3: Who started for the old bojis
2: We got uh, Aaron Nola against... Uh, Are they playing the Phillies? E... Oh, no. I don't know who that is. Rangers. Who pitched? Re- Raggins? Burke. Somebody named... Uh, no, that's a bullpen. What the fuck?
3: No, De- 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 DeGrom started.
2: Well, what is going on here with the...
3: M- You're ESPN.com acting weird? No, I'm on my MLB.com. Here we go. I'm just DeGrom, I'm not, about I'm not in
2: baseball shape yet. DeGrom got shelled. Seven Ks though, in three and two thirds. Five earned.
3: You see the guy from Sacarese Hoskins? The yeah. Ba- t- you see him his ACL the way he did it? I didn't see how he do it. Just kind of routine grounder where he's kind of, you know, behind the bag, almost to the grass. Just your classic, like kind of pivot to to do a little flippy to the pitcher. Got stuck. And it just, just kind of, he kind of just made a move and just hits the ground. Oh. And then the next day, the Phillies tweeted out, you know, broken heart emoji. It was bad.
2: Yeah, thanks for the broken heart. Again, a man's real life, and we're going broken heart emoji.
3: Well, it was like he had tweeted something, you know, they... He... Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
3: I don't know if you noticed, though, the Phillies have missing, like, three guys doesn't even matter. Well, they got Trey – their top of the order is Turner, Schwarber, Real Muto. JT was our catcher in the WBC, wasn't he?
2: Yeah. I mean, they got – the top three hitters were in the WBC. Turner, <laughs> Schwarber, Real Muto.
3: And if Bryce was healthy, he would have been there. Yeah, and Reese? Was Reese there? Well, because Goldsmith's there, I, I think oh, he yeah. might not have made the team. But So their top four hitters would all be – I mean, they would all be like top six players. JT might be about like eight or nine, but yeah, I mean, Bryce, Trey Turner would be one to, or three. Schwarber could easily be like five. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty stacked. They're going to be good. Let's see, how's,
2: uh, what's uh, Scherzer doing today? Checking all the old Mets. Might watch the Mets after this here.
3: Got a lot of base. I mean, why yeah,
1: not just start in the middle of the day, day opening man, day? Remember when
2: they used to do it like uh, a single Thursday night game? Uh, A single Monday night game up against the national championship game.
3: No, the one one year they started in Japan, remember?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've done that a few times. Oh, Scherzer hasn't taken the mound yet. Scherzer (sighs) against uh, Mets.
3: Marlins. All right. That's your uh,
1: hot stove.
2: That's your hot stove. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody.